You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderlin, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. COVID, we just thought, you know, what, what something that we just sense that, you know, that God would might have a share and talk about and after the upheaval and weirdness and turmoil and some of that is still out there. And so I don't by any means mean to say that it's completely over at all. But as a church, we wanted to think, you know, what, what are the things that really remain? What are the things that we that we can go to through the thick and the thin, through the challenges of life, through the difficulties and the strains. And COVID is one of those things that we've all experienced together in some ways, but everybody and every family has things and even many ways bigger than just those kinds of things. And last week, Dan shared about faith, that that is a, a bedrock kind of anchor, is part of God's family that we can rely on. And this morning, we're going to talk about hope. These come out of 1 Corinthians 13, where the, the Bible says that these three abide or these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But then it goes on to tell us that the greatest of these is love. You know, it's interesting. Most people want hope and love. Most people want hope in their life. Hope is what gets you up in the morning. Hope is what steals you against the challenges of the day. Hope is what gets you through the week. Hope is what helps you get through the rough times that, you know, I have hope that we're going to be able to make this. And everybody wants love. We crave that and we desperately need that. But what's interesting is many people think, well, I don't need faith. Faith isn't that necessary. You know, we all know we need hope. We all know we need love, but faith is almost seems optional. What's interesting to me is, is, is people of faith is that faith is really what comes first, and then we have real hope, and then we experience love. So as, uh, as we think this morning, we're talking, and you may have noticed this last week, usually we pick a, a book of the Bible and we kind of go through it for better or for worse, the challenges. Sometimes there's some, there's some hard texts, hard things in the Bible, right? Hard things to talk about, hard things to understand, and we try to keep it real and we walk through whatever that is. But this, this series, we're kind of being a little more topical, if you will. And there's some things that we can learn. In fact, I have a better appreciation of hope as I just kind of studied and drilled down on that one, that one specific particular topic. So uh, I want us this morning, as we think about faith, hope, and love, I want to help us understand what hope really is and how we get it back when we lose it, how important it is and where we find it, and, and, and how, do we, how do we get hope back? How do we... How do we gain that? How do we gain that hope? So think about hope in relationship to faith. Very similar. In fact, they're cousins. They're, they, they get along really well together. If you have real faith, you really ought to be a person of hope. In fact, as God's children, as the family of God, we talk about faith, and we know that we ought to be people of faith, faith in Jesus Christ. We know we ought to be people of love, but somehow we miss the middle of hope. We also ought to be a a people filled with hope in our life. In fact, that's that hope that as we live out our life in days of hopefulness, even in the dark times, that people look at us and like, how can you have hope in the middle of bleakness? How can you have hope in the middle of difficulty? How, are you, how do you have hope when you're going through what you're going through right now? And God wants to instill in our hearts there's a reason to have hope, even in the middle of all of those challenges. And I'm hoping as we unpack this today that, that wherever you are and whatever you're facing in life, whatever is kind of spinning in the background right now, even in your mind, that God will speak into your world and that you will leave today more hopeful 
and uh, have a source of hope in the middle of that difficulty. And so, so faith and hope, both are, are, we have faith and hope in that which is invisible. Our faith is ultimately, as, we talk, as Dan shared well last week, is in, is in God himself and in Jesus Christ. That is where our faith resides. But our hope also resides there. As followers of Jesus Christ, our faith tends to look backwards, but hope tends to reach forward. Faith tends to be backward looking to what Jesus did on the cross, and we have a, a resolution and a firm faith and a foundation for that. But faith, when we think about it in terms of relationship to our present, hope is, is backwards, looks backwards. Hope, in turn, extends forward. So think about hope almost like faith extended. When you and I have a firm faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord of our life, and we have a relationship with Him, and He is in our life, and we live our lives daily with Him, then we wake up every day with the ability to have hope into the future. See, that's what hope is all about. Hope isn't about the exact present. Hope is always kind of that next step or that two steps forward. You know, is, or, I hope this is going to work out. I hope things are going to be okay. I hope this happens. I hope... This goes down this way. Hope by nature kind of extends, if you will. Contractors, when they're building a house, will sometimes, like if you're building a deck, and if those of you have a deck, you may have this, they will, it's called cantilevering. They'll, they'll build like a platform, and they might have a post here, and they'll extend that, that floor out and not put a post underneath it. You can only go so far, you know, otherwise it kind of falls flat, and you don't want to own one of those homes. But there's a, there's a mathematical ratio and all of that, and I don't have a clue what it is, but they can extend a room out. Sometimes you'll, you'll see, uh, you know, an extension and a little addition that comes out, or sometimes on a deck, because they don't want the post to be hidden, to be seen, they'll kind of extend the deck well past the post. And so when we think about faith and hope, you know, your present is here and faith is the back. That's what's holding on to things. But hope is what kind of extends out into the future when you don't have anything underneath it. Hope is always looking forward to that. So faith comes when you and I have a, an intellectual, a mental, an understanding about something. We look at Jesus and we say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that he rose again. I believe in God. But then it takes that mental understanding, that acceptance in our mind to the fact, to the reality of it, and then we trust it. That's what real faith is. It's us putting our, our trust putting our full assurance on something that we have already accepted to be true. Hope goes the next step. Hope then doesn't just trust it. Hope anticipates and expects it. So let's say you might be expecting somebody home for dinner. You don't just, and, and you really expect them. You don't just throw a little extra in the pot or whatever or if you're cheating, you know, kind of do a double dose in the microwave, boop, 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 you know, and here you go. You know, I've worked for hours. That's kind of my cooking. That's kind of the only way you'd ever want to eat anything that I ever made, I promise you. But, you know, you, hope says, okay, I'm expecting them. I'm going to set the table. I'm going to fill the, the glass. I'm going to put the tableware down and napping because I'm expecting that person to come and join us. That's hope. You and I in our life desperately need hope. We don't just need to be people of faith. 
We don't need to be people just with a robust faith in Jesus Christ. We need that. And we need to love, and we talk about that, but I'm a little, little chagrin that we don't talk a little bit more about the hope of what it means to live our life every day with a hopeful attitude, a hopeful mind. Hope in the middle of the darkness. Hope in the middle of the goodness. Hope that our, our day and our future and everything is okay because of who God is and what He has said to us. So faith and hope are related. Hope is kind of faith extended. Now, hope is very important to our life. Hope is critical to your life. Proverbs says this, that hope deferred makes a heart sick. Hope deferred, hope delayed, hope lost makes our heart, not our physical boom, 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 but the internal heart, our thinking, our attitude, our emotions, what's on the inside, it makes us sick spiritually, mentally, emotionally. That, def that deferring of hope, when we lack hope, it hits us and it damages us hard. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. You see, you and I every day need that kind of hope in our life. See, that's why so many people, when they go to counseling or go to a therapist, what they really are looking for is hope. They want, we need, our, we need problems solved, we need solutions, but the root common denominator is we need hope. The pain that we feel, the sadness, the ache, the sickness in our heart is that we've lost hope in the middle of it. Hope, which by the way, when you have friends and family who are facing things and you're thinking, I don't on earth know how to help this person. Actually, you do. You can help them with hope. You see, hope is a place to start. When our hope returns back to God, that no matter how difficult things are, that no matter how confusing they may be, no matter how awful they may seem, no matter how big they may be, no matter how we're not sure what to do, when our hope kind of gets back in alignment and we put our hope back on God, then we're able to move forward. You see, that's part of what our role is to be as friends and as family, is to encourage one another, because we all struggle at times to find hope. We all lose hope in the middle of various circumstances. We have those little mini moments, you know, those, those times we're like, what am I going to do? And we come unglued, or sometimes we go through that season of life, and we begin to despair, and we begin to go into a dark place, and we begin to try to find hope in some places that do not produce hope for us whatsoever. And if we don't begin in the middle of that to turn and put, get reoriented and find our hope back to God, then all becomes lost. Have you ever seen, you like cat videos, right? Most of you probably do. Some of you secretly so. I know you watch them, but you would never dare tell anybody because you're too manly, but I know you. I'm, I'm okay enough. Like I watch some of the cat videos and they're pretty funny. Have you ever seen the cat video and some of you are going to be like, this is just... This is animal cruelty. I can't believe that we talked about this today. Have you ever seen the cat videos where you hold the cat upside down and you drop them, you know, to kind of see what happens? You've never, you, some of you are like, what a horrible thing. Watch it. It is the coolest thing in the world. Like, there's a whole physics thing. But if you watch a cat, do cats always land on their feet? 
The answer is yes, they do, right? What a cat does, when you hold it upside down, it'll always lay on its, on its feet. The first thing the cat does is it flips its head to where it wants to be. And once its head gets aimed right, it's able to spin the rest of its body and the tail, and it lands, and it's nice and grateful, graceful, and everything's great, and the cat goes on to live a perfectly happy, normal life and doesn't feel abused or maligned or manipulated at all. So it's okay. <laughs> the point is this. When your life is upside down, Hope is what gets your head aligned. And you can't get things squared away until you get your head squared back and get your heart focused on God, even in the middle of feeling like the world's got you upside down and you're like, what are we doing here? Hope is what gets your head right. It's critical to our life. The Bible says that that, when we lose hope, we are spiritually, emotionally, sick in our life. How do you feel when you're sick? I, I, I'm probably like most men. I'm kind of a baby when I'm sick. I don't take it very well. I don't like it. I let everybody know it. And I just, you know, I'm on the couch and sometimes I'm melodramatic, especially if it's like the stomach thing. I'm just like, kill me, shoot me now. I just don't, you know, I'd rather just go on with life than to be walking through what I'm going through. But what that verse is telling us is that you and I have times in our life where we on the inside are spiritually, emotionally, relationally, we are just as damaged and messed up. And it's because we have no hope in that circumstance. Hope is absolutely critical for us to live and function in this life. And it's absolutely critical for us to live and especially to function spiritually before God. You see, hope ultimately is what gives us our endurance. Hope is, is what keeps us going and helps us keep on going. Look what the Bible says. Let me flip to it quickly here. The Bible, the Bible says in uh, Romans 15, 13, it says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. God wants us to abound in that hope. But look what Romans 8, 25 says. The Bible says this, it says, but if we, have, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. If we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Notice that. When you and I have hope, we always have hope in what we don't see. Faith and hope are always in something that's invisible, not in what's visible in front of us. That's why it's so challenging to us as people. We don't like to trust things we don't see. We don't like to have hope in things. Like we want things concrete and sure and firm, but as followers of Jesus Christ, He wants to grow us to the point where our faith is more and more in that which is what we don't see, and our hope is more and more in that which we don't see. But when we have hope in that, that's what we wait for patiently. It gives us that endurance. You ever heard anybody say, I can't do it anymore? I, can't, I just can't do this anymore. What they're actually saying is, is they've lost all hope. Hope is gone. And they're in a place in their heart where they are sick. They're on the couch, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, on the inside, their heart has the stomach flu. You see, hope is what helps us keep going in difficult relationships. Hope is what keeps us going 
in difficult times. Hope is what gives you the endurance. Hope is what gives you the strength, the courage to move forward. Hope is what keeps life glued together, even in the middle of really difficult things. So hope is deeply important to you and to me, living our life and living it to the fullest before God, being what He has called us to be, but living in this world that throws some awfully difficult things our way. Hope is critical for that. So where do we get hope? If it's critical, where do you get it? You can't buy it at the grocery store. The only place you can really get hope is God, right? That's the verse I read a minute ago in Romans 15. The Bible says is that may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. He's, the, he's the, called the God of hope. You see, He's the source of that hope. We know that God is love. God is many things. Like if you were to you cut into watermelon and that nice juicy watermelon that you know, we cut this time of year and it just you know, drips and all of that, if you could somehow cut God, if you will, God is love, pure love. He is light. He is, is light. But he's also a God of hope. Hope comes from him. He's not only the source of our hope, he's the object of our hope. So if God is the source of hope, he's the one that we turn to to look hopeful in or to, to find our hope. He's the one that produces it and the one that we should find our hope in. See, sometimes as we've lived our lives as people, we've put our hope in places, put our hope in people, put our hope in events, put our hope in all kinds of things, and we get let down. We begin to get cynical. Out of past hurts, out of past experiences, we, we put our expectations thinking that something was going to happen, and it didn't, and we felt let down. And because of it, we struggle to find hope. We struggle to, to endure and we begin to shut down or we begin to shut down in that specific area in our life or in a particular relationship or a particular way. What happens is, is we actually put our hope in something that we really shouldn't have. We, it's kind of like owning an old car that's broken down that you got secondhand from your third cousin who really didn't like you but gave you a good deal anyway and you paid 300 bucks for it and you put your hope that this thing's going to get you to work when it lets you down and then you get mad because it lets you down well like well kind of what did you expect you know it just it wasn't a good place to really put your hope in and we do this all the time as people we put our hope in all kinds of places and with all kinds of people that really will never produce. We sometimes even put hope in ourselves, thinking that we're going to be able to do something or produce or be a certain way, and then we even let ourselves down. The only legitimate source of hope the Bible tells us is God himself. He's the only one. He is the only one who is the source of hope, that produces hope, that will never let us down, that we can always turn to and, and look in the middle of it. And so Paul, as he writes this in Romans chapter 15, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. Catch the, the believing, which is faith and hope. There's a closeness tie there. See those together? And he goes on, he says, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You see, we get that hope 
supernaturally from a relationship with God. He's the one who produces that, that, uh, that abounds in hope, that we overflow in hope, that, that we're dripping, if you will, in hope, that we're not walking around like, gee, I wish I could find hope, you know, I wish I could find two cents I could rub together, but that it's God who was at work in our life out of our relationship with Him that produces hopefulness when we lose a child, that produces hopefulness when we lose our job, that produces hopefulness when we have that strained relationship, produces hopefulness when we get the diagnosis. It's that relationship with God that kind of operates in the background and in the middle of everything that's going on in life that produces hope. And it's that hope, if you read that verse carefully in Romans 15, that ultimately is what brings the joy and the peace with it. You see, this is kind of a package deal. This is like, this is not old, old school cooking where you buy the ingredients and make real food, right? This is, this is the box that you get all of the stuff together. So when you have that real genuine faith and believing in Jesus Christ, there's hope, joy and peace automatically come. That's what the world wants. The world wants that that sense of hope and joy and security and assurance that everything's okay. That when we're feeling un, you know, destabilized and unstable, but those things only come because of hope. And hope only comes ultimately, real hope with God only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to what, what Titus 2 says. And I know I'm hopping through a lot of passages of Scripture, and that's unusual for us. I really believe the best way to study the Bible is just chapter by chapter, book by book, section by section. But there's times where we need to, to capture these kinds of things and put them together to, to kind of drill in and to, to get the, the, the robustness of it. But look what Romans chapter 2, what it tells us about hope. And it's talking about people who are, are waiting for the return, the completion of salvation with Jesus Christ, who, who look around the world and just like, you know, I'm ready for something better. I'm ready for something much, much better. And Paul says this, he says in Titus chapter 2, he says, waiting for our blessed hope. What is that blessed hope? It's the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And by the way, He's the one, in verse 14, who gave Himself for us to redeem us, to buy us back out of lawlessness, out of, out of sinfulness. Out of, he bought us out of doing our own thing, not following God's law, but breaking His commandments, breaking His rules, doing what He said we should not do. And He... He gave Himself. He died on the cross to pay for that sin, to buy us back in the price of His own blood so that He could in turn purify to Himself is what verse 14 says. Purify a people for His own possession. You see, that's our blessed hope. Our blessed hope is in Jesus Christ. It comes out of that close relationship with Him. You see, what faith and hope teaches us is that God is not a God that wants to be just worshipped from afar at a, at a distance, you know, but He's a God who wants to be known. 
who's made it possible for us to have a relationship, a close fellowship, of, a friendship, if you will, a personal relationship with Him as our God and as our Savior. He brings us close. Too often we people picture God like a relationship with Him, almost like a relationship with the president, you know? I've never met any of our presidents. I don't hold my breath to ever meet any of our presidents. And to be honest with you, some of them I don't want to meet. <laughs> Maybe most of them. I don't know. I've not sat down and thought about that. God doesn't want that kind of relationship. He wants a relationship where we're close. He wants a faith that every day that He's involved in our life, He wants us trusting Him for to save us from our sin is what I just talked about. That's the beginning. That faith and in, in what He did for us through Jesus on the cross is the beginning of that relationship. That When we make that, take that step of faith, that commitment to Him, it's a big commitment. Sometimes people get nervous about that. When they're, sometimes people are beginning to you know, try to figure this God thing out and, and what's going on, and they kind of get up to that point, almost like a, 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 somebody going to the altar and getting cold feet, like, I don't know if I'm ready for that commitment. On one hand, I'm encouraged because they know it's a big deal, deal. But on the other hand, I'm like, why wouldn't you want to go and put your full faith in Jesus? Because you're going to have hope and joy and peace and security that no matter what comes down the line through your life, that God has got you and it's okay. Don't believe the... the, the TV preachers and make it sound like, you know, if you just have faith in God that you're going to be wealthy, you're not going to have any problems. You can just pray and God's going to heal every little thing you ever have and just fix. That's not the way the world works. It's not the way God works. But what God does give us is hope in the middle of the difficulty. And I don't know about you, but I need that hope. And I need that love from Him. And I need that relationship daily and regularly. And sometimes, because we live our life, we begin to lose that hope. I love, I didn't pick this graphic for this message series for this purpose, but as I was looking at it and thinking about it today, sometimes our life is like that. You can't see it very well. We can't, in fact, we can't see the top of it well, but there's a mountain in the background. And it's obscured by the clouds. You kind of see that? And that's like our life. We live our life down in the valley. And we see all the problems and all the challenges. And sometimes in the middle of it, we're like, can I just look up and get a glimpse of what God is doing and have some hope? And we look up and there's nothing but clouds. If you've ever hiked in the high peaks of the Adirondacks or maybe the White Mountains, other thing like that, and especially, you know, on partially cloudy days, it's a weird thing. You can see the sun and and then you can see the mountain, and clouds will roll in, and you can see where you are, but you can't see the mountain, and it's just strange. It just disappears. And it's like that with God. Sometimes as, we live in our, as we're living out our life, we're looking around, and just we can see clearly the problems and the challenges and what's going on here, and we begin to lose hope. We're like, but God, I'm not seeing you. Where are you in this? And our hope begins to fade, and our hope begins to get lost. We've all experienced it, and we will all experience it again because we're human and we're flesh and we, we live in this world with real feelings and experiences and all of that. So how do you regain hope when you begin to lose it? I'm really glad you asked me that question this morning. Thank you. That is such a great question. Look at Psalm 42, and I'm going to wrap it with this. 
I, I would encourage you, if you are struggling right now and to, to find that hope or in that season of life, and for some reason God seems to be speaking to you through this message, put, a, put something in there, a bookmark or something, put something out of the, the, the... What's the thing in front of you, the slot, the papers in front of you, whatever that thing is called. Take something out of there and stick it in here with Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. These go together. But read with me. This is written by a guy who was in the valley, who was not seeing God in his life. And he's struggling hard. Listen to what he says. He says, As a deer pants for the flowing stream, so my soul, that think heart, right, pants for you, oh God. God, I'm thirsty. I'm dry spiritually. God, I've not seen you in my life. God, I need you. I'm losing hope. He says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He's feeling separate. He's feeling like almost abandoned by God. He's feeling like, God, I'm just not near you. You're not in my life. I don't know where you are. This is from a person who has a personal relationship with God, but he's feeling distant in this season of life. Some of you as followers of Christ have experienced that. Some of you haven't, and maybe the first time you experience it, you're like, this is weird. What, uh, is something wrong? It's a part of what happened. It's part of the natural relationship, much even like human relationships on this earth. But he goes on, he says this in verse 3, My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? It's like, all I've got to eat day and night is my sorrow. You get the picture of despair. You get the picture of what life is like without hope, without that, that, that picture of God involved in your life. It's like, all I'm doing, I've got, what do I do? God, where are you? God, I need you. I've lost, I've lost hope in the middle of the, the difficulty and all that I'm walking through in life. But things begin to turn. Look at verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng, the, the, the crowd of people, how I would go with them and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise and multitude-keeping festival. So I remember what it was like to have that hope and that worship and to go and be in God's presence and, and be together. I remember the good times. And all I'm getting right now are the bad times. God, help me. And then he does a little self-examination. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? It's like he's looking in the mirror and he's like, what is wrong with you? Why, why are you despairing so much? And look what he says in the end of verse 5. Hope, there it is, in God. For I shall, I'm going to do it, it's going to happen. I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. When you and I lose hope, we get overwhelmed. And the people are looking at us and they're like, why are you acting like there is no God? I've been in that world before. And it's tough when you get stuck and you're despairing and you're in the valley and you can't even see that there's a mountain in front of you. And you, What happens is you begin, you begin functioning like an atheist. Intellectually, you're not saying there is no God, 
But we're, you begin, and I've done it too, as we begin functioning as if God isn't there, God isn't real, God doesn't love us. We begin functioning as if we're an orphan, that God has abandoned us, cast us on the side of the road and ignoring us and ghosted us, just you know, not answering our, our, our text messages anymore, just, just totally backed out of our life. But what the reality is, is he's still there, just like that mountain. And what we need to do is what this person did and was teaching us is that we need to examine our own heart. Wait a minute. What's wrong with me? God is still there. I need to deal with something inside of me. When you lose hope, you need the first thing you need to do is to remember. To remember God and the promises of God. Go back to remember God is still in that picture. Life gets really bleak when God is taken out of the picture of your life. When there is no God in there, you lose hope. I don't care what a person's faith is, if they're an atheist or not, but when there is no real hope of, of a God who's bigger than everything that we know, who can solve real problems, who can help us get through difficult situations, who can help us walk forward in the middle of it. You take that out of the picture, wow, this life gets discouraging and hard and a mess and a hurry. So you and I have to remember, wait a minute, I'm acting as if there is no God. The real problem is not the problem, whatever is causing us and whatever we're struggling with, the real problem is that we've forgotten that there's a God bigger than the problem. And we've tried to find hope in other ways. So the first step is we, we remember and we wrestle with our own soul. It's kind of fighting to, to work things out in, inside of you that the problem's not God, the problem's not even the situation in front of you, the problem is actually that you've lost your hope in God. And it's funny how that sneaks up on you without realizing it. I spent the, this past week uh, in physical therapy. Never been to physical therapy before, never really been injured, anything significant, needed it. But over the last few weeks and months, I just began noticing in my right shoulder, like it got to the point where I couldn't put up my long sleeve shirt in without, I couldn't bring my arm to my back, and it just would hurt and throb and... I'd wake up at night and all of that. I'm like, I just, I'm 52, but this has got something that's got to give, and I don't know what. And so anyway, I went to a physical therapist, and I was shocked. She did a number of things. And by the way, I don't know if you're a physical therapist, but they're just mean. They're just like tough. <laughs> Holy cow, make a grown man cry. Whoa, bring him to tears. But she laid me down and gave me a thing where I had to lay down, put my arm up, and just kind of, you know, put it to the floor. And my arm would be, I'd be laying down, and she says, okay, move as far as you can. She pushed on it, and I move it this far without hurting. And I went home, and I could do this one all the way floor. And I was shocked. I didn't realize how much motion I had lost and just everything. I couldn't throw anything. I'm just like, it's horrible. I, I guess between COVID, working a computer, and then maybe that construction I did last year or whatever, just it was a mess. But in a week's time, I've got most, almost all of it back. I've floored. Here's the deal. I had to have hope that she could help me. And I had to bite the bullet and work through all of that and get my arm back to where it could 
do what it, it was supposed to do and designed to do. Too often, you and I are in the place of the victim where we think that our circumstances have to change for us to have hope, and it's not true. We act like the person sitting there, my arm won't move and I can't do anything about it. Well, I know, it's going to hurt, but you're going to have to do it if you want to function and make it through. You're going to have to put your hope back in God and you've got to wrestle inside of your own soul and get yourself aligned. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with a sick and messed up heart. So remember, Jesus Christ is your Lord. Remember the God of heaven who loves you and remember His promises. And then you worship Him. That's the second thing. That's kind of what brings it home. So these are your physical therapy exercises. Go do them. Remember all that God has done and let Him speak and work in your heart. Leave the problem alone and just begin focusing on God and let Him begin remembering all of His goodness and who He is to you and worship Him in the process. That's what 42 is talking about. He goes on and he, he, he says again, he says, deep calls to deep in verse 7, at the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers, that's talking about the waves, your breakers and your waves have gone over me. In other words, they've, they've washed over my soul. The deep out of my heart craving that I'm and so needy is calling to the deepness of you, God, and it's deep is calling to deep and you're calling me forward. And by day the Lord commands His steadfast love, and at night His song is with me, and a prayer to the God of my life. And I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? You see, to find hope doesn't mean you and I just ignore reality. This person is they're wrestling with the reality. God, I'm feeling abandoned. God, I'm under oppression. God, I'm even, you know, others are telling me, where's your God? But God, you're my rock. You see him fighting his way, just like I had to fight at home and keep doing those exercises, fighting his way forward. Arm, you are going to work. We are going to do this. And you begin to worship the God of heaven. And he says again in verse 11, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? It makes no sense. I should not be do having, we should not be here. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. When things get tough, guys, and you are seem, and it seems hopeless, remember, remember God and the promises of God. And go back, whether you're looking at passages of Scripture, maybe you need to talk to a friend. I, I've had to do crazy things. Kids, sit on my hand, help me. Like, be, be nice. Kids have loved it. Like, oh, we get to get Dad back. Be gentle. You might have to get a friend. Help me. Who has to, and it might hurt, and they might have to tell you some things or remind you of some things. But remember and begin to worship again the God who loves you, who sent his son Jesus to die for you. And even if you don't see where he's at work in the world right now, to know that he's there just like that mountain. And as you focus on that, you begin to find hope.
And as you begin to find hope, your daily life begins to change and it begins to snowball. When I first began with that, I could barely move my hand and I could really push it. And then, wow, the next time I could get more. And I'm just all of a sudden like, wow. And I wanted to do a lot more. And as you begin to get a little bit of hope, it produces a little bit more. It produces more. Because what you're really doing is your picture of the universe is getting back to where it should be. This world's messed up. It's great in many ways, but it's messed up. But God, who is perfect, is the one that we always trust, the one that we always look to. And as I read in my devotion this morning, when bad news comes, we don't fear or fret because our heart trusts in God. So where do you this morning need hope in your life today? What season of life are you in? I don't think it's a coincidence that we're talking about faith, hope, and love. What's going on in your life where you just need to have a hope, an expectation that everything is okay, that God's going to take care of you, that God's going to work in a situation. Now, God doesn't guarantee to work the situation out the way you want it. If you put your hope there, your hope's not in God. Your hope is in the situation, and I'm sorry, but it's going to fail you. And you're going to say, see, God didn't work. No, you give God. You have to give God a blank check. God, my hope is in you. My hope is not in you doing what I want you to do. My hope is just in you doing what you think is best and taking care of me and working situation. So put your hope in Him. Some of you, if you've never put your faith first in Jesus Christ, the first things that we begin to feel in life when we really don't have a relationship with Him is that we need hope and we need love. And sometimes the lack of hope and love causes us to begin seeking God. And we begin thinking, I, I might need to check this God thing out. I might need to check church out. We begin thinking like, there's probably something more in there. So leave faith, hope and love alone, and you might need to be examining faith. Is your faith really in Jesus Christ as your Lord? Because that's what you need. You probably don't feel that as much, but you need it because hope and love don't ever come apart from faith. So this morning, maybe you've been thinking all along that you need hope and you need love, but if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, I submit to you that you need to start there. That's the engine that produces the, the other things. So whatever God has kind of been speaking in your heart, I'm going to ask our worship team to come up and I'm going to pray, and I want you just to examine your heart. Where is your hope? Where is it? Where's your faith? Where is it? Whatever God has been speaking into your heart about this morning, I want you to turn to Him. Maybe you've realized, I, I was shocked. I, I was honestly a bit embarrassed. Like I could not believe my arm, I let my arm get that bad before I really tried to get it figured out. I just didn't realize it. And sometimes that happens in life. Maybe God's kind of knocking on your heart like, yeah, your hope has been, you've been pretty hopeless lately. Then your prayer to Him needs to be, God, forgive me. Forgive me for just looking at the valley and not turning my eyes toward you. And God, would you help me? I'm willing to go through the spiritual therapy in my life. Would you help me to find hope in you? Whatever God has been speaking in your world this morning, would you truly respond to Him. Pray with me, would you? 
Father, thank you for the truths of your word. Thank you for their power. Thank you for the principles of them. Thank you for the life they give us. You are the God of all hope. And Lord, that's not to shame us when we don't have hope, but it's to point us to you that we can have hope again, that hope can be renewed and sustained. Help us to realize that when we've put our hope in things that will never deliver, that really the fault and mistake's on us. It's not on you. Lord, help us to firmly put our faith and our complete trust in you as Lord and Savior and live every day hope in you for today and for tomorrow. Father, I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.